I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now, and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. 833-995-G-O-L-D. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. If you've got a military, first responder, emergency medical, or government service background, GovX.com is for you. You stepped up to serve our country and communities, and GovX delivers unbeatable deals that you've earned. GovX.com is the only site built exclusively to honor your service. Members save on epic brands and the gear they need for their on- and off-duty lives. You'll get incredible savings on tickets to live sports events, theme parks, and other entertainment. You can even save on travel, hotels, rental cars, cruises, and more. See if you qualify. Visit GovX.com. It's easy and totally free. Use code BUCK in the shopping cart to get an extra $15 off your first order. GovX, savings for those who serve. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome, everybody. Thursday edition of Clay and Buck kicks off right now. A lot of stories to get to with you here. Um, Dave Portnoy, also known as Stool Presidente, giving a lesson to the Washington Post in... Well, a lesson, I guess, for all of us in how the Washington Post does the ambush partisan journalism that now defines that and some of the other major newspapers out there. We shall discuss that. And uh, we've also got uh, some crime stories to discuss with you. A, a carjacking in Minneapolis, broad daylight. The whole city is furious i mean people are showing up at uh you know town hall meetings and they're saying what the heck is going on here we remember blm 2.0 launched in minneapolis what's happened in that city since then that's certainly worth us having a conversation about uh but the biggest thing on our minds right now is the absolute mayhem the mess that is unfolding right now and has been for for weeks at the u.s Mexico border. The the latest numbers on this indicate that you've you've got 10,000 people. 10,000 people who have been uh who have been encountered. Now these are illegal aliens. These are people who entered the United States illegally. In fact, the number of people crossing illegally is so high that they've had to shut down one of the lawful ports of entry to redistribute resources to other places. On the border. I mean, if you just do clay, when you look at a, a cursory overview here, it's it's obvious that this is a, a complete emergency and a mess. Uh, when you look at the headlines, I mean, Biden has sent eight hundred uh, eight hundred troops to help at Eagle Pass, Texas. Now, Eagle Pass, Texas, not a big, not a big town, not a big city, really, and it's completely inundated. This has become the place where they're having the most uh, the most crossings it does move around on the border 10,000 migrants in the last 24 hours uh this is getting to the all-time record high that they saw in May before the end of title 42 and we can clay we can get into what's going on in the cities we talk about New York and the migrant problem Chicago's now got a major migrant problem too but i i just think every republican in the country who has a platform should be making the case to the American people. The border is the most lawless, wide open, and chaotic it, it really has ever been. I mean, it's certainly up along the worst moments that we've seen. 
And it's not just all the all the illegal crossings and all the burden on the taxpayer. It's the human trafficking. It's the, the fentanyl trafficking. It's the cartel enrichment. This is a disaster, and it is a product of Joe Biden administration decision-making that they're still sticking by. Yeah, and yesterday I said, Buck, and I would reiterate it again, Republicans should take the third presidential debate to the border. They should go to Eagle Pass. They should construct an outdoor stage, and they should force the media that covers the uh, presidential debates to go with them and cover this situation. Uh, This is a no-brainer to me. I think it's right now it's scheduled in Miami. Uh, this should happen. Second part of this, I, I and I know a lot of Greg Abbott's people listen to uh, to this show, and we've had Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas, on a lot, and I think he's been very good on pointing out and dealing with what is a, I think it's fair to say, international catastrophe, which is the failure to protect our southern border. Um, I would say this. Greg Abbott starts sending illegals to every swing Midwestern state almost exclusively. I want them going into Pennsylvania. I want them going into Michigan. I want them going into Wisconsin. I want them going into Minnesota. I want all of those states that are theoretically going to decide the 2024 presidential election to have to deal with what Joe Biden's illegal immigrant crisis is creating. Because right now, a lot of people out there in blue states are still somewhat protected from the consequences of Joe Biden's border policy. There's no way. Let's just put it this way, Buck. If Texas were uh, were Pennsylvania and it were a huge swing state, there's no way this would be going on. There, there, there is from a pure political perspective because this issue alone would deliver Pennsylvania to Republicans and. I want those swing states, those Big Ten states, and I apologize to everybody listening to us right now in Pennsylvania, Michigan, Minnesota, and Wisconsin, but your swing voters there, the people that are going to decide this election in 2024, they should have to see the consequences of Joe Biden's border policies and understand that they are voting for this because a lot of people don't see the consequences, and as a result, they just don't realize what's going on with this illegal immigration disaster. Now, I also hope Arizonans that are listening to us right now, Carrie Lake is going to announce soon. You are going to have an incredibly competitive three-way, probably, Senate race, but also it's going to be incredibly competitive in 2024. I think we're number one in Phoenix if you are listening to us right now in Arizona. Regardless of who wins the Republican nomination in 2024, whether you're a Trump person, a DeSantis person, a Nikki Haley, a Vivek Ramaswamy, whoever you're voting for, more power to you. If you show up and vote not down ballot straight Republican, you, in my opinion, are a moron who is absolutely endorsing this chaos at the border. All right. I'm just I'm I'm done with you split ticket voters. You need to recognize that Joe Biden is destroying the fabric of this country, and you need to suck it up, even if it ends up Trump, and you don't like Trump because you don't like his mean tweets and whatever. Suck it up. Show up. It's time to send a message. I'm fired up about this. 10000 buck that we know of, and it's only getting worse, and we just said to 500,000 Venezuelans, you can get jobs now. There's going to be another million Venezuelans who come in now because the incentive structure is why wouldn't you? This is the this is what everyone needs to understand. It's not oh, it's ten thousand the last twenty four hours, and this is going to stop anytime soon. There's nothing that they're doing to stop this. This is going to continue. The word is out globally that you can come into America and you will likely be able to stay in America without even going through the immigration system without even really a, a cursory check, how do you even know who these people are? Um, and, and Clay, you know, we talk about what's going on in New York and the massive you know, multi-billion dollar budget issue there, but we also have to look at what's going on in Chicago uh, and because of the migrants. Uh, Chicago has got some problems now. I'm trying to pull up the number. Here you go. twenty-six, A $26 million contract with a security firm to build migrant camps. 
That's what they're calling it here. Chicago Mayor Brandon Johnson quietly signing this $26 million contract to build migrant camps. Now, I want everyone to understand something. This is almost $30 million to build refugee camps in Chicago. This is what a refugee camp is. When you don't, when you're somebody that is claiming that you had to leave your country because of threat to your person and persecution, and you are staying in a place where the host government is, you know, giving you food, housing, healthcare, et cetera, that's a refugee camp. So you're, you're talking about now a refugee camp being set up in Chicago. They're thinking this will cost, and all these government estimates, Clay, are always low, right? The New York estimates three billion a year. It's 12 billion over three, three or four years. Uh, it's going to be more than that. Of course, it's going to be more than that. What, all of a sudden you think the government's going to become nimble and cost effective? That's absurd. Chicago says it's going to get 302, it's going to cost $302 million by the end of the year. And that's a, you know, that's a Midwestern city that's a, a quarter of the size of New York. This is going to happen in other places too. You know, to, to sending them to, uh, swing states, I, I like that idea. The issue is that this is where the illegals want to go. I get they it. want to go to major cities, right? So you offer them a free ride, and they're like, "Yeah, great, sign me up." You know, that's what. Yeah, but happening. I mean, give them a give them a free ride to 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 Philadelphia. I mean, I don't know that anybody wants to. I, go. I don't know if they'll take it, but you can <laughs> offer it. Yeah, I mean, it's not too hard to get from Philadelphia to DC yeah. or to uh, or to New York City. I want the the swing states to have to bear the brunt of Joe Biden's decisions, and the fact that every media person like, think about this. Think about this. Think about how much time our national media has spent berating politicians for not supporting Ukraine enough, right? For years now, they have been uh, going around saying, how dare you not want to give $100 billion to Ukraine? Do you not care about Ukrainian sovereignty? Do you not care about Russian actions there? Why is it the same media talking about our border? I think you crystallized it a couple of years ago when this all started. But it's gotten so much worse. Joe Biden cares far more about Ukraine's border sovereignty than he does the United States. And that is indefensible. And of all the things that Joe Biden is doing that are a disaster on crime, on uh, on inflation, which... I, did you see that New York Times uh, a writer who was at a Newark airport, I think, and shared a picture of his hamburger and said this costs $75 or something? Did you see that tweet? <laughs> yeah, 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 I did. Uh, but... Uh, and it's ridiculous, but everybody out there listening to me right now, I guarantee you, you have bought something and said, how in the world did this cost what it cost? It's because Joe Biden's ec- economy has been such a disaster that inflation is baked in now. So I mean, he's failed everywhere. The go try to buy a house, everybody. That's, you know, you want to talk about feeling the pain. You go buy, you know, I know what this is like. I just bought a house. You go buy a house right now, you're getting half the house because of the rates that you could have afforded a couple of years ago. Inflation hurts. Oh, oh, and Buck, there are millions of people listening to us right now, I legitimately believe this, who have a house that they don't want to be in, but they've got a 25 or 3% interest rate, and so they're staying there. You might have added a new kid. You might have uh, you, you might have had a family member move in with you or whatever. So you're cramped in that house and you're ready to move. Maybe you want a new school district because your kids have gotten old enough and you want to be in a better local school district. But you look at it and you just run the math and you say, I mean, if we sell, we're going to be going from a 2.5% mortgage rate to a 7% mortgage rate. And there's always, <laughs> by the way, I bet there's a lot of you fighting about this too because inevitably it feels like to me every married couple one of them just doesn't understand how mortgage rates work, right? So the person who does understand the mortgage rates is like, no, let me explain. We have a 2.5% mortgage on our you know, 15 or our 30-year mortgage, and this is what this costs. And if we go to 7%, and it's like some people just, I, I guarantee you right now that one of you is nodding, and the other one is like going to be angry about you. She's going to be talking about it, or he's going to be talking about it. Can be the man, can be the woman. One of every two people in every marriage, it feels like to me, doesn't understand the basic concepts of mortgage. And so you end up fighting about what you can and can't afford. I know that's happening right now for millions of you out there. This is a mess, and Joe Biden caused it. Start earning high-yield returns in a low-yield market by investing in Phoenix Capital Group's corporate bonds. You choose your investment amount, term limit, and earn returns from 9 to 13% annual interest with Phoenix Capital's domestic energy asset bonds. 
These bonds have been filed with the SEC and are also independently audited. Phoenix Capital buys energy royalties previously reserved for institutional investors, now accessible to you, the savvy investor. Phoenix Capital Group is disrupting the traditional energy industry through their proprietary offerings, yielding up to 13% annual interest. Learn more by downloading the Phoenix Group's free investment guide today at phxonair.com. For a private investor meeting, visit phxonair.com for an appointment with Matt Willer, Managing Director of Capital Markets. Investment in bonds have a certain amount of risk associated with it, and you should only invest if you can afford to bear the risk of loss. Before making investment decisions, you should carefully consider and review all risks involved. Visit phxonair.com today for more information. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. The number one fantasy sports app in America is Prize Picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Five million members already active on Prize Picks. If you've not yet downloaded Prize Picks, do it today. Unlike other apps on prize picks, it's just you against the number. It's about the players and not the teams. You look for the sports you know best and that you follow the most. Then you make a single decision on each player projection, more or less. Every time you play, you pick two to six players and make that one decision. You can win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four picks. More player action on prize picks now than ever, and it's the best way to get action on sports in more than 30 states now. Prize picks also gives you injury insurance, so your picks stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Download the free prize picks app and open your account. Use my name, Clay, for a first deposit match up to $100. Download the prize picks app. Use promo code CLAY, that's C-L-A-Y, to get set up and get a deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. As someone who served our country in the intelligence community, I appreciate companies that back our nation's service community. One company that does it best is GovX. If you've got a military, first responder, emergency medical, or government service background, GovX.com is for you. GovX offers unbeatable discounts from thousands of trusted brands, sports and entertainment tickets, travel deals, the list goes on. GovX.com is a one-stop shop for the things you love. GovX also donates a portion of every single order to nonprofits that serve the military and first responder communities. When you shop on GovX.com, your orders make a meaningful impact. See if you qualify. Visit GovX.com. That's GovX.com, and join a community of more than 8.5 million patriots and pros. It's fast, easy, and free to join. Use my name, Buck, as your promo code in the shopping cart to get an extra $15 off your first order. GovX, savings for those who serve. Very pleased to be joined now by our friend, the sage of Staten Island, Joe Borelli. He is a New York City Council minority leader. Guy knows New York as well as I do, which is saying a lot. Probably a little bit better, actually, which is even crazier. Joe, how are you, buddy? Play, how are you doing? Buck, how you doing? Great to be back on the show. Yeah, man, we're good. We're good. So, first off, you know, there were some protests that happened in, in Staten Island with regard to the migrants. Can you just give us a a broader sense of like how many of these refugee centers are there? Uh, how, you know, how is this just turning into a bigger and bigger problem for the city? Like, what's going on with the migrant crisis there? 
Well, as of today, we have 208 shelters uh, uh, between hotels that have been leased, uh, nursing homes uh, like the one which caused this protest, uh, and, of course, the, the tent cities that, that are being erected at various uh, government properties uh, around the city. And what you're seeing uh, is people getting really frustrated, right? I mean, you know, fuck, you have a house, you live somewhere, right? I mean, imagine you saved up your life savings, put it on a down payment on a house, uh, and then basically committed that for the rest of your working life, you're going to pay a significant portion of your income uh, to paying the, the rest of that house. And then the city comes along uh, and just smack puts a homeless shelter right next to your house where there once was a, a school or there once was a park in some cases where there once was a, a nursing home for seniors. So people are rightfully uh, incredibly, incredibly angry uh, at the situation. And it's it, it's kind of festering in, into some uh, angry protests. Are you starting to see protests, Joe, from people that you never thought would be protesting Democrat policies? Because one of the things that we've seen that's most intriguing, we've shared some of the interviews that have been taking place, is you got longtime Democratic voters, you know, black voters, Hispanic voters, Asian voters, who for a long time have just been, you know, vote blue, vote blue. And they're suddenly looking around saying, we've been voting blue for a long time. And things are going really, really bad. Uh, have you seen it like this before? How would you assess it in terms of the traditional Democrat core vote suddenly turning on Democrat policies? Well, I think it's interesting that you brought up sort of the diversity in opposition. So we just had a poll come out a couple of weeks ago from Siena College, which indicated that overall 82% of New Yorkers think this is a crisis. The biggest ethnic majority of people who said we have to close the border and stop the migrants from coming to New York City were actually African-American respondents to this poll, which is interesting, right? But it plays into exactly what I said before. You have African-American people work their whole life, slap down a down payment. Now there's multiple homeless shelters in their neighborhood, and they're just as affected as anybody else. This has been, unfortunately, right, I, I, I don't root for the destruction of New York City to gain some votes, but this has been great for the Republican Party uh, in the city, and we've seen uh, us picking up seats at the city council level, at the state legislative level, just as more and more New Yorkers of all stripes and ethnicities have grown more frustrated uh, in the failure of, of, of Democratic control at the local, state, and federal level. What, is, uh, what does the, the billions of dollars, Joe, that are a part of this budget um, or, you know, that are going to cut into the budget. What does it mean for city services, just for the, the overall economic future of New York, if this reaches, let's say, the $12 billion that they've said it will over the next few years to just deal with the migrants? Well, t take a number like the projection for next fiscal year, $6 billion. Uh, that is the same size as the entire budget of Phoenix, Arizona. So the taxpayers of America's largest city, could actually just pay for every single service the, 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 the city that the country's fifth largest city actually provides. Police, fire, sanitation, cutting the grass in the parks, inspecting buildings, doing all the things that cities rightfully have to do. We're paying the same amount uh, on, as it stands, 62,000 migrants in our shelter every night. By the way, the, the other you know 40,000 people that are sort of transitioned out of the shelter system, they still are factored into this cost, even though we're not housing them, because we are still providing health care at some level. We are still providing education uh, if they have children. So this is a this is a cost that that will continue to grow, whether our shelter system continues to expand or not. So, Joe, one of the crazy things is, as all of this is going on, Buck mentions the twelve billion. We were just discussing the large degree of racial diversity, eighty two percent, as you said, of people who agree that this is wrong, majorities of all different sorts of uh, of backgrounds. I see that the New York City Council is debating whether George Washington and Christopher Columbus statues should still exist. It feels so tone deaf, like back when San Francisco was trying to rename uh, their schools while all the schools were still shut down. Of all the things New York City has to be worried about, George Washington and Columbus statues seem very far down on the list. Uh, how would you assess this? Do you think most people agree? It's so stupid. I mean, it, this is like the return of the pumpkin latte. Like every November, every fall or so, New York City goes through this. We have to take the Columbus statue down charade. It doesn't amount to anything, but it goes to show you where the progressive mindset is. We actually had a, a statue commission at one point to take down some of these statues, and the one that everyone agreed on was this guy named J. Marion Sims, who used to do horrendous experiments on African-American slaves. Like, okay, great, take, take that guy down. 
Uh, but we're talking about some of the most quintessential Americans, the people who have, who have provided us uh, with the most free country in the history of mankind. These are not people to be trivialized or, or even denounced. These are people to be celebrated. Uh, and yet this is what the progressive mindset just leads us to, where we have to erase uh, part of our, our, our cultural history, essentially. Speaking of Joe Borelli of the uh, New York City Council and... What is it about the, I always feel like the Columbus statue, Joe, is one that, you know, there's the Washington and Jefferson, Peter Stuyvesant got thrown into the mix this year. So, you know, some folks got to brush up a little bit on uh, early New York City or, uh, you know, early New Amsterdam history. It'd be like, wait, what did Peter Stuyvesant do exactly? But the Columbus statue, look, where does that come from? And there's a lot of Italian Americans in New York who they're fiery about keeping that Columbus statue in place. Well, Columbus has been a symbol of the Italian-American community. Uh, most uh, Italian, many Italian clubs are called Columbia Associations uh, uh, in honor of, of the explorer. So it, it is one of these personal uh, affronts to Italian-American culture to sort of denounce this person uh, who was act- acting as a, a character of his own era and not someone we can you know, obviously go back 400 years and, and, and judge according to our own standards. Uh, but it, it, it's amazing, though, that the flaws of historical figures uh, only uh, impact uh, white people in, in America today. I mean, basically, we routinely in the city council name streets uh, and uh, commemorate things after horrible people. They just don't happen to be, be white people. We uh, renamed a street uh, after a man named uh, Jean-Jacques Dessalines who was one of the founding fathers of Haiti, who actually massacred all the French and German uh, colonizers that that were essentially the slaveholders of Haiti. I I supported that. I I don't care. I'm not here to tell Haitians who they should look up to or who they shouldn't look up to, but I just want that same courtesy to be extended to Italian-Americans. And in this case, we happen to like Columbus. Joe, what letter grade would you give Eric Adams at this point in his tenure as mayor? So you have to always compare it to the last guy, right? So Bill de Blasio yeah. was ideologically awful. I mean, he woke up, uh, and if he won uh, on some of his policy goals, the city would be worse off. Uh, so I, I give Adams a, a D or a C because uh, I think it, it, his, his optimism for the city and his interest in returning business and, and, and growing the, the, the city's commerce and bringing back jobs, I think those are the right direction. Uh, I just think he is a clearly an imperfect uh, messenger uh, and an imperfect uh, operator because he really should be on the other side of this migrant issue by now. Right? It was a cute experiment at first when it was going to be 5,000 people or 10,000 people. It was a great way for him to virtue signal and be you know, part of the Democratic national team. We're going to care for the migrants. Now it's really, really hurting us, uh, and he has to feel personally uh, uh, angry. Uh, that the party has left him out to dry. And so I hope he swings back harder uh, and goes stronger against uh, Joe Biden and sort of Democrats in the Senate at this point who haven't done any sort of border bill. I mean, the House GOP passed uh, H.R. 2 back in May. Senate has done nothing with our, with our own home senator, Chuck Schumer. What is the one most important thing, other than the migrant situation, we'll put that aside, what's the most important thing that New York City could do, in your mind, to get on the right track to being the city that, you know, I, I remember from when I was in high school and, and college was just in an absolute golden age. Uh, it should it should do everything we can to get commercial vacancy down. Uh, but how you do that is sort of the collective uh, approach to making the city better. So the need is to get people in corporate offices that pay for a big chunk of our, of our tax revenue. Uh, the method and the tactics to that is restoring crime levels to what they used to be, uh, making sure schools are safer, making sure that the streets don't look like a third world country, uh, maybe not, you know, charging motorists now with congestion pricing, $23 just to go to work every day. So those are the kind of things that collectively would allow uh, our city's commercial real estate market to grow to the level it was, uh, and thus we can have the, the revenue that we used to have, uh, which even though even though we spend more money than most cities, uh, we actually got a pretty good bang for our buck, uh, I would say, uh, throughout the Bloomberg administration, as an example. New York City really w- w- was reaching its stride uh, in the late 2000s. Joe Borelli, sure. everybody. Joe, don't you have a history book on Staten Island for anyone who's interested? No, Buck, I got two. You can buy them on Amazon. Uh, the Colonial Period, we cover Peter Stuyvesant and all that fun stuff. Uh, and then we did a book on Staten Island in the 19th century. Joe Borelli, everybody. Joe, thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Start earning high-yield returns in a low-yield market by investing in Phoenix Capital Group's corporate bonds. 
You choose your investment amount, term limit, and earn returns from 9 to 13% annual interest with Phoenix Capital's domestic energy asset bonds. These bonds have been filled with the SEC and are also independently audited. Phoenix Capital buys energy royalties previously reserved for institutional investors, now accessible to you, the savvy investor. Phoenix Capital Group is disrupting the traditional energy industry through their proprietary offerings, yielding up to 13% annual interest. Learn more by downloading the Phoenix Group's free investment guide today at phxonair.com. For a private investor meeting, visit phxonair.com for an appointment with Matt Willer, Managing Director of Capital Markets. Investment in bonds have a certain amount of risk associated with it, and you should only invest if you can afford to bear the risk of loss. Before making investment decisions, you should carefully consider and review all risks involved. Visit phxonair.com today for more information. So the media wants you to believe, the Democrat corporate media wants you to think that they speak truth to power, that their job is journalism, and that they're hoping to inform you without fear or favor, yada, yada, etc., etc. We all know that's not the case. And in recent years, it has become even more clear that that is not the case, uh, that that is not reality, that is not what is going on. And there are some instances of it where you really get to see a little bit of how the journo sausage is made. And we have to tip our hat here to uh, Mr. Dave Portnoy, who, like Clay, is a sports world man, comes from the world of sports, um, and is the founder of Barstool Sports. Now, there's a hit, and, and Clay will fill in any of the details here that I might be missing that are relevant, but there's a um event he's doing in a couple of days and clay you're going to reach out we'll see if dave wants to come on maybe we'll see if he yeah wants to i'll, talk I'll to text us. him see if he wants to come on tomorrow mm-hmm. i was waiting to see and i just checked his twitter feed if the washington post has reached out anymore so there is no update other than what we're about to play for you except that they canceled their interview and this is i, I think so instructive if you're a kid out there and you're wondering, like, you said it, how the sausage gets made. How does a story come to be written? Yeah. This is kind of taking you into the weeds a little bit. And one of the one of the things that I've seen before, for example, is, you know, a journalist will reach out to someone who's a target because of their ideology. Let's understand this. You are targeted now for ideological reasons by these journos. Uh, and you'll have somebody who says, or, you know, they'll, they'll put something out that says, uh, well, we didn't get a comment from you. And the person will actually call them out publicly and it'll come out that, yeah, they sent a LinkedIn message request like two hours before. Oh, that's the only way we could find you. I don't know about you. I, I if you send me a LinkedIn message request, I may get to it in about 10 years, right? Like I, I don't know how clean, to get on my LinkedIn. Yeah. Like, well, that's what I mean. I you know, one. you could send me, you, know, you could send me a friendster message. I think I is that website even that doesn't exist anymore, right? Um, but you know what I'm saying. You could send me an AOL instant message or something, and guess what? I'm not going to get it. But they do that so they can say, well, we tried, and they can just run with the story. So there's a lot of tricks that they pull. Um, I've also learned people ask me this. They'll say, well, do, will you speak to what I would call regime media? Because uh, not really anymore, but back in the day, they used to reach out to me occasionally for comment on different like terrorism-related things when I was doing a lot of that work and uh, counter, you know, counterterrorism analysis. And I would, I learned the answer, Clay, is no, because if you're giving them a quote, they can introduce the quote as, you know, right wing lunatic who always makes stuff up. <laughs> Buck Sexton says this. And you're like, why am I giving them, you know, if they're going to say that anyway, don't anyway, the, you guys see how some of this goes. So Dave Portnoy figured out that the Washington Post was planning to do, well, what they did was they sent an, a, an email out, right, to his sponsors for his event on Saturday. And the email says something like, well, here, Dave recorded his conversation with this reporter. Here is how it went. Play the clip. If you don't have your opinion made of me, how do you say in an intro email, Dave Portnoy has a history of misogenic comments and other problematic behavior? That's how you introduce the email. Yeah. So, look, I just want you to know that this is not, I, I want to talk to you about this, but um, I don't you think you should talk to me before sending that email? Have you made your mind up about me? 
we're we're in the reporting phase. I don't, you know, I can't not for me to say, and I'm also I'm working with somebody else. But that seems like a pretty straightforward question. That have you made your mind up about me? If you can't answer that, I, no. I can say I have not made my mind up about you. Then why would you include that in the in the email to sponsors? It, it's sort of a reporting tactic. When you want someone to respond, you kind of have to indicate that there might be something negative, and then you get them to engage. That's all I was trying to do. I really wanted them to engage with me. That is a sad state of journalism. If that the tactic that you have to what i would say is make up something about somebody wow that's right? well cut that's well cut by greg i think here on the staff yeah. who i mean you can go watch that buck i was just looking over 30 million people have watched the entire he recorded his entire conversation with this washington post reporter who as you can hear in that comment had been sending out emails saying basically to any advertiser why are you working with this misogynistic uh, individual and and basically trying to shame the advertiser for being involved? And by the way, you might be wondering, what's going on? It's a pizza festival. <laughs> so this is not like, I mean, it's a freaking pizza festival. It's it's not like he's putting on a get out the vote, you know, like uh, New York organization. Secure the border, build the yeah. wall. It's, <laughs> it's a, a pizza. pizza festival. So the idea that you would be saying how in the world can, but this, but this is important, Buck, because you know this, but I think a lot of our listeners don't necessarily. This is what the Washington Post and the New York Times have become. They basically are the attack dog of left wing organizations. Remember when they named us, what did they name us? The third biggest purveyor of misinformation. COVID misinformation. Yes. Um, and we invited the people on who did the study, and they refused to come on. If and there's we invited, another pandemic, we're coming for you, Steve yeah. Ben, and we're going to catch you. And and then we invited the New York Times had a front page article about it, and we invited the writer of the New York Times article to come on. If you really thought that we were massive purveyors of misinformation, wouldn't you want to come talk to this audience? But no, what it's designed to do, and look, I've seen this happen with YouTube. I've seen this happen with with everybody. Is they want to scare businesses away from being associated with people whose opinions they don't like. And instead of writing a story where it could just be like, hey, I disagree with your opinions and being fair and impartial as a journalist should be. Hey, here's what this person has said. Here's what they've done. Give us a full throated understanding of somebody. What they're trying to do is write and shame these advertisers and get them to pull out because they want these companies to be terrified because their PR team's going to be like, the Washington Post just wrote a negative article about us. What in the world are we going to do? And here he flips the script and goes to them directly beforehand. And the other thing I would say, Buck, is I've had the same issue with the Washington Post. I've had issues with uh, organizations. Ask them to put their questions in writing for you. It's amazing how rarely they're willing to do that. If you think somebody's going to write something negative about you and you're out there listening to us right now and they contact you and, uh, and they want to comment... So, yeah, can you write your questions and I'll respond to them in writing? Because then you have a record of exactly what you're responding if you want to respond at all. But you also then have all of their questions and a record of them instead of, and I got to tell you, everybody, if you talk to somebody for 20 minutes and they take a sentence out of whatever 20 minutes you said, they can make you seem whatever they want. It's It's just not a fair and impartial piece of journalism. I also think it's funny when she says, you know, sometimes you basically just have to say something kind of crazy to get a response. It's like you're, you're maligning someone's character. I mean, yes. you're, you're going after a person, um, and going after sponsors is, is a particularly pernicious yeah. way to do journalism because you're not just saying, this is my opinion of someone. You're obviously trying to pull their, their business model. Yes. Uh, and it, and it's gross. You know, you know, we, we, we don't go after people's sponsors here. We don't try to get rid of people's business models. Look, they, people revolted against the, the Bud Light campaign. That wasn't, you know, that happened. We weren't, we weren't saying, Oh, do this or do that. That's just the reality of how people responded to Bud Light and, and that trans influencer. But there's something really deeply, um, uh, you know, something really underhanded about the way an organization like the Washington Post would set this up. And I think that uh, Portnoy was able 
to expose it so that people can... Breaking news on 710 WOR. This is Jeff McKinney in from the WR Newsroom with some breaking news. A Greyhound bus accident on westbound I-84 near Weiweyanda near Middletown in Goshen, New York. This is in Orange County. Traffic is backed up for miles on westbound I-84. At least 50 people aboard the bus, we understand. That bus appears to have rolled onto its side in the median between east and westbound I-84. And we're getting word just now that I-84 is closed in both directions between exits 1 and 15. And the expectation is that this should be the case for several hours, that closure. Multiple injuries are being reported. Beyond that, details are still coming in. So avoid that area. I'm Jeff McKinney from the newsroom. We'll send it back now to Clay and Buck. When they're pretending to be something uh, that they're not, right? When they're deciding that they're going to write a certain kind of narrative. I I think it's disgraceful. So, you know, props to Portnoy here. I, I think also, Buck, a good way to put this is we think The View is the dumbest show on television. They should have we, us both on. It would be the highest rated. <laughs> it would be the best, most clipped, highest rated view of the year. But we would never on this show. We play the clips of The View so that you guys can can hear some of the ridiculous things they say. And I think most of their audience is idiots, too. But I would never have OutKick reach out to whoever The View's advertisers are and say, Hey, you know, Charmin Ultra, are you sure that you want to uh are, are you sure that you want to be spending your money? Hey, always with wings. Are you sure that you want to be spending your money on the view? No, like they, they there is an audience for their idiocy. And some of you out there may say there's an audience for you and Bucks idiocy too. They may think that, that's fine. When you're going after sponsors, what you're trying to do is cancel people that you don't like their opinions. And and that is and they claim holier than thou status, but that's really what they're doing. It's just a direct attack at the business itself. So, if you had to have just a drink with one of the cast members of the oh. right now, who would it be? If you you had to sit down, have a drink, a friendly drink, not not a debate, but you have to actually hang out with one of them. Okay, so I'll rank them. They're five, right? I, I can't even name all five. I think it's I, I think few. it's Whoopi, Anna Navarro, Joy Behar, Sonny Hostin, and uh, and Alyssa, right? Alyssa Farah Griffin. Mm-hmm. I think that, and somebody staff can correct me if I'm wrong. I think they have five women on the View pretty much every day. They may rotate in somebody else. So here's my power rankings for who I'd most like to have a drink with. Um, probably Whoopi Goldberg one, just because she's super famous and she at least. Has been fa- has been funny for much of her career, so I think she probably could make you laugh while you were having a drink. Uh, I'd probably put Alyssa second, Joy Behar third. I think all three of those people could it maybe Joy Behar second, Alyssa third, because I think Joy Behar and Whoopi might be able to make you laugh because they're comedians. Well, Joy Behar is probably really that? fun, really funny to have a drink with. Same same with Whoopi. I would go. I mean, Whoopi would be my top choice as well. So yeah. But I would not want to have a drink with Sonny Hostin or with Anna Navarro. Both of them seem really unlikable to me, particularly Sonny Hostin, whose well, face to I, me, Sonny Hostin be, always looks like she's smelling something that she doesn't like. I think both of them would be in a, I think they would be utterly contemptuous of you and me. So that would, that would not <laughs> that be to our favor. Probably would, not, would not go well in that respect either. That's a good, yeah. the power rankings. Uh, it's a, it's a good, good question. I, I think Whoopi would actually not be bad one on one. And and even though I think Joy Behar, I, I will is tell you, and this dumb. is, I always get yelled at when I say things like this. I know someone who knows who knows Whoopi Goldberg and says uh, she's actually really uh, pleasant and nice. Yeah. So and that. Joy Behar, at least I think, is dumb, but that doesn't mean she couldn't be funny. And oh, I'm sure fun. you get a couple of Chardonnays in Joy, and she's hilarious. She's right, and then they probably those people know everybody, so they probably got some good stories. So those would be my mm-hmm. top two choices. Uh, no college compares to Hillsdale College when it comes to teaching and explaining the brilliance contained in our Constitution. Do you know every incoming freshman at Hillsdale College is required to take at least one full course on this great document? Hillsdale College been explaining and defending our freedoms since they were first established as a college in the mid 1800s. It's the words in our Constitution that guarantee our freedoms after all. Our nation celebrates this great document every year with an annual Constitution Day. It was this past Sunday. If you missed it, receive your free copy 
of the Constitution and Declaration of Independence from our friends at Hillsdale College. They've got a goal to give away 1 million copies to Americans who don't have one. If you have a copy already, how about someone you know who doesn't? Our liberty depends on we the people knowing the basic principles of free government. Claim your own free copy and go to clayandbuckforhillsdale.com. Booklet will come by mail without paying shipping. Clayandbuckforhillsdale.com. We might. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. We value the heroes from our military, law enforcement, firefighters, emergency medical professionals, and other government service personnel. So does an American company whose entire mission is built around serving this deserving group. GovX.com. If you've served our country in one of these types of jobs, go to GovX.com and join the community today. It's easy and totally free. GovX members get access to unbeatable discounts from thousands of trusted brands that honor your service. Brands like Oakley, Vortex Optics, Yeti, Under Armour, and many more. You'll also save big on sports tickets, entertainment, and travel. GovX.com is a one-stop shop for everything you need on or off duty. GovX donates a portion of every order to nonprofits that serve the military and first responder communities. More than 8 million people are already saving every day through GovX. Visit GovX.com and use code BUCK in the shopping cart to get an extra $15 off your first order. GovX, savings for those who serve. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been helping America's heroes and their families since 9-11. These are our first responders and service members who serve our communities and our country or those who die in the line of duty or are severely injured, and our veterans who fought for our nation's freedoms only to return home, fall on tough times, and become homeless. Heroes like Buffalo firefighter Jason Arno and his family. Arno was killed while protecting his community, battling a warehouse fire. He left behind his wife and a young daughter. In their darkest hour, Tunnel the Towers provided Arno's wife and daughter with a mortgage-free home, The foundation lifted a financial burden, enabling them to stay in the home where they made memories with their hero. Join Tunnel the Towers on its mission to do good. Support the families of America's greatest heroes, the families of fallen first responders like Jason Arno, plus Gold Star families with young kids, severely injured service members, and homeless veterans. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. Need to talk about this in a little bit. Uh, this is pretty wild. There are reports out there, um, and I just sent this to Buck because I'm just reading it myself, and this has come up in the last 30 minutes or so. The New York Post, Buck, is reporting that at a fundraiser in New York City, uh, the billionaire's, no surprise, house, Joe Biden um, repeated his statements And he was talking about why he decided to run. You know, he's telling the very fine people why. He's been telling this story for a long time about why he decided to run for president. He told that entire story, according to the report. And then a couple of minutes later, came back and told the entire story all over again, as if he had not told it the first time. Again, Mm -hmm. this New York Post story that is up, that has gone up in the last uh, 30 minutes or so, Buck, I mean, anybody who has got an elderly family member, 
you probably have experienced this with grandpa or grandma or great grandpa or great grandma. The short term memory is not what it once was. And one of the clear signs of dementia is when you tell a story and then seem to have completely forgotten that you told the story and tell it all over again. And that is the report that is out there from the New York Post about this fundraiser Wednesday night in New York City at a billionaire's house. I, I This is why, Buck, I just keep coming back to I don't see any way that they can hide Biden from the reality of his deteriorating mental status. Now, you can say, look at Fetterman, they're not going to care. Democrats will vote for him anyway. I think when 75% of people don't think he has the mental or physical ability to be president, there is going to be, and I don't claim to know what it is, He's already fallen on the stage at Air Force. They had to change the steps on Air Force One to try to keep him from falling down the stairs, going up and down uh, the, the stairs, as has already happened. He may have an awful fall in the White House, trip, fall, break his arm. We know Mitch McConnell has had this happen where Mitch McConnell fell and had a concussion. But I think there's going to be a public event. And I don't claim to know when it is. But if we're sitting here in mid to late September and we know it's 14 months until the election, I think Biden is going to have an incident. Like Mitch McConnell had, where he freezes in front of the cameras, where he's going to have an incident. Something is going to happen, Buck, that is so bad, I think it's going to be considered reckless for him to run. And let me just say this. that It's one thing to say, like, you're, John Fetterman is not able to do the job of a United States senator. But the reality is, as one of a hundred United States senators, while his power is substantial, it's not, hey, what do we do if China invades Taiwan level substantial? He's not even a governor where he's got executive authority that matters. He's not really much of a decision maker. I think when I see this story, I mean, that's pretty crazy, Buck, to be up in front of that high end of an audience and not realize the story. I'm sure you saw the video also of Biden. It appeared that he forgot to shake the hands of Brazil's president. Did you see the way he, like, the guy can't get off stages now. Uh, He waved to the media, but the Brazilian president is standing there, like, clearly waiting for him to shake his hand. He could have really made it a show. You know how sometimes you ever see athletes, when, like, you get caught, like, giving a fist pound or giving a high five, you now... Well, give it to yourself, like, you know, kind of give yourself a high five or give yourself a fist, fist pound. It's kind of funny. The Brazilian president could have done that and really drawn a lot of attention to it. But this is scary. This is getting to the point where it's beyond scary and I think moved firmly into total recklessness that this guy is in any way in the position that he is. I mean, I think we're definitely at that point of of recklessness. That much is is clear I just don't know if it really changes. I mean, I, I can tell you what they're going to say. They're going to say, "Oh, you know, Joe is he's he does he's tired. He's done so many of these things. He's I, I just don't I don't see how based upon a gaffe. You have to remember Joe Biden's whole career is built on gaffes. Yeah. Joe Biden's whole I mean, and that's way before he was somebody where senility and dementia were even considerations. And we have effectively been told this whole time that Joe Biden uh, is a guy who sometimes goes off into Never Never Land and says some weird stuff. And that's just good old Joe being Joe. Now, it's obviously gotten worse. It's more apparent. People can see what's going on and understand this. But, I mean, you know, Clay, I just, so what What happens, right? I mean, it, we've always said there's the possibility that Biden for true health reasons, would have to step down and they would just rally behind Kamala. I mean, that's why you have a vice president. That's true of any president. So that is possible. But short of something like that, I just don't think they really have options here. I I don't think they really have another way to go. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I I understand. I understand that argument. I just this is their fear, right? This, This is deep down the Democrat fear. It is that Joe Biden becomes And this is why the timing, this is why last week was so important, Buck, because they know. Keep this in mind. This is so important for everybody out there. 
We only have access to Joe Biden for like 2% of the day, right? They keep him out of the public eye for like all but 2% of the day. Imagine how bad he is behind closed doors. You asked the question, you know, and we said, hey, James Clyburn could move. You'll really know that people are making the move to move on from Joe Biden, Buck, when suddenly all of these stories, which are 100% certainly happening, about Joe Biden's mental problems start to come out in the news. Because you know, if just based off the 2% of the day that we see Joe Biden, Buck, if we see him fall down, coming down the stairs, if we see him fall, trip and fall on the stage, if we see him try to talk to a dead congresswoman, if we see him now in this uh, in this uh, fundraiser tell the exact same story a couple of minutes apart, we're only seeing 2% of public Joe Biden. I mean, they hide him off at the beach. Imagine what Jill Biden has seen. Um, and, and, and honestly, that is indefensible. Because imagine what she has seen as the wife of Joe Biden and what she's heard him say and what that would do. If you knew, if every single person listening to us right now knew what Jill Biden knew, there is a 0% chance that Joe Biden, I believe, would still be the president of the United States. Like, I'm sure she has seen and heard Joe Biden do so many dementia-riddled things that it is like terrifying to contemplate that he's making choices. <laughs> I, I look, I agree with you, and I think I think the uh, entirety of the audience agrees with you. I just look at this as, yet here he is; he's the president. He's shown no no indications that he's going to step down. There was a an op ed in the New York Times a few days a few days ago. I forget who the author was that was effectively saying. The chance that Joe Biden is going to walk away from this is like zero. Okay, yeah. like Joe Biden's whole it. life is about power. There's no way all of a sudden he's going to say he's oh, got the most. The- yeah, uh, most power. He's not going to give it up. Yeah, he's, he's not about to walk away from the presidency. Okay, that's not going to happen. And and I also think right now it's easy for us in a in a primary mindset. Well, we're kind of not in a primary mindset, but we're still in the midst of a primary. To look over at Joe Biden and say he's so senile, this is so ridiculous, he can't handle, you know, he can't do anything. And what they're going to say, or what the ads are going to sound like on this, is Donald Trump's basically Biden's age. And now we can say as people that like Trump and yeah. voted for Trump, oh, but he's so much more cognitively there and with it, and so much more. Yeah, all true. He certainly also looks, he looks, you know, ten or fifteen years younger than Biden. But let's put that aside. Um. That's going to nullify a lot of this, I think, for people. They're going to say you yeah. got two really old, you know, because the polls say that a lot of people feel they're both too old. Now, Trump true believers don't feel that way. The Republican base doesn't feel that way. But I think Democrats are willing to roll the dice on independent voters and say, you know, one guy's 82, one guy's 78. This is what the people want. Let's see who wins. I mean, I, I look, I always leave open the possibility that I could be totally wrong on this and there's some master scheme in the background that they're, I just I just don't see it, man. I think this is where they're they're gonna run with it no matter what. Here's where I just I can't believe. If I am Jared Polis, right? Polis, the governor of Colorado, who as Democrats go seems to be fairly reasonable. If I am Gretchen Whitmer and I am nakedly ambitious and I am already tapped out, right? I'm governor second term. And I know that I would not be first tier necessarily in 2028 when everybody decides that they want to run for president. Why wouldn't you run? Honestly, if I were the governor of Colorado right now, why do they have some great loyalty to Joe Biden? I think it's easier. This is my argument. I could be totally wrong, but just think about it. Think about it. If your goal was to be president of the United States, what is easier? Running against Kamala Harris, which you would have to do in 2028, a black woman in an identity politics riddled Democrat party, if you're a white guy, or even if you're a white woman, or running against old white guy Joe Biden and saying the election is too important to leave it to an 82-year-old, Republicans are running Donald Trump 
Democrats need to put forward a younger alternative to Trump and a guy who can serve two terms. I don't understand why those guys, if I were the governor of Colorado right now and I was a Democrat, why do I care what the party thinks about me? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm somewhat but, but clear, you, you, in got, general. You, you got to look at this from our, from the other side, though. Look at what the Republican Party's doing. Our guy's 78. He yeah. can only serve one term, and he's up, you know, 50 points in the polls. So the, the argument that my, the, that, that the argument, Democrat would yeah. make against Biden hasn't compelled the Republicans not to make it, and I think that that affects the way this goes. Well, I think the difference is Republicans actually like uh, Trump. And I understand some of you are like, I hate Trump. Trump has been very popular with Republicans. Joe Biden's an accidental president. If you look at the polling, 75% of Democrats don't want Joe Biden to be the nominee. Why? If your goal is to be president of the United States, and you are sitting right now and you're the governor of Colorado, you're the governor of of Michigan, now's the time to go. If all this is true, why haven't they, why hasn't it changed? This the is only the fundamental thing I think, question. I, I, it's here's where I wonder: Am I crazy? And I think everybody out there, every now and then, you should ask yourself: Are you crazy? What am I missing? Like the calculus is so clear to me that if you are a somewhat successful Democrat governor right now, and you want to be president of the United States, you are never going to have a better chance. You get in the ring against Joe Biden. Basically, one-on-one. You got Marianne Williamson. You got RFK Jr. Okay, but they're not traditional candidates. It's a probability game, right? If there are 25 people who are running, any one individual candidate has, what, a 4% chance? Now, everybody's got different percentages and everything else, but it's harder to knock your way through a 25-person field and especially get through Kamala Harris and... Uh, the white, uh, the, the whole identity politics, black woman, she's the next person up. But if you take on Joe Biden, you could be the guy. Like, I, if I were the governor of Colorado right now, and I were a Democrat, I would announce that I would go right after Joe Biden. What do you care? Because you're, you you're undermining a sitting Democratic president. That's not so? how this... I don't care. RFK Jr. tried, and that guy, you know, no one even hears what he has to say anymore these days. I'm just being honest. I mean, it's just not. Yeah, but you're already the governor. If you lose to Joe Biden, you're not the president. You're not the president anyway. Like, I I think I have a higher risk tolerance than most people. Let's be honest. I probably do. But also, if you already have something, you're not even risking anything. How do you, we talk all the time, who loses from running for president? You might upset a few people, but most people are going to agree with you. I just I see this as a no-brainer as all of these Biden gaffes keep compounding. And I agree with you, Buck. I think there's no way Biden's going to step down to beat the. You, you got to knock the king out. To be the king, you got to beat the king. No, nobody on the Democrat side is just going to decide to do that. That's going to be taken of, seriously. What a bunch of uh, pussy willows they all just, are. I mean, they got a president, and they want him to do four more years. I, I don't know. I, I, I view, they view this as just a raw exercise of power. I, I don't think, uh, and and going up against an incumbent from your own party. And the truth is, most of the people that were excited about RFK Jr. were Republicans. <laughs> okay, so that's why that didn't get very far in the Democrat Party. But anyway, we can come back to this. What do you all think? 800-282-2882. That old adage from Las Vegas, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, has proven to be untrue because of, well, some cyber hackers. Two casino and resort companies in Las Vegas, Caesars Entertainment and MGM Resorts, suffered data breaches earlier this month in a big, bad way. All that data may now have left Vegas for the dark web, often the place that this kind of stolen info goes to get sold to cyber thieves. Think of all the Social Security and driver's license numbers of millions of Americans potentially compromised. If that's you, how do you protect yourself? It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. Protecting your online identity is easy with LifeLock. Their online systems look for evidence that someone is using your info online without your permission. LifeLock detects and alerts you to potential identity threats you may not spot on your own, like new accounts being opened with your social security number. If you do become a victim of identity theft, a dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. That's an incredible time saver. Join LifeLock today and save 25% off your first year with promo code BUCK. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or go online to LifeLock.com and use promo code BUCK for 25% off. 
Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 